let's get down to business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get. Oh, I make money moves. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of the Massive Joe's Show, Fitness Times Business. My name is Joseph Mansell, CEO of Massive Joe's. I am your host, and I'm riding solo today. I don't have any sidekicks with me, no apprentices with me, no disciples with me, but I do have a pretty big name in the house for this interview version of the Massive Joe's Show. It is, of course, Nathan James. Williamson. Love it. What's I, happening? I love how you said that. <laughs> <laughs> like I like stepped that out for you. That's how I won my pro card actually. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly Nathan. how Tony Doherty said it. James. Nathan James Williamson. Williamson. There you go. Welcome, man. Welcome to uh welcome to MJHQ. Thank you, bro. Welcome to the Massive Joe Show podcast. You've uh you've been here for the last couple of days actually here in the ADL. Hmm? Uh you live in Melbourne at the moment. Been here shooting a bunch of content for us, and this is actually the the uh, the last piece of content we're doing before you fly back. Before I take you down to the airport and fly back, and I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on the, on the Massive Joe's show. We always have uh, every episode. We have new people tuning in for the first time, and uh, and and people watching on the YouTube channel for the first time. And for those of you, if this is your first time. Fitness Times Business is the the, the kind of tagline of the Massive Joe Show. So we like to talk about both topics in each and every episode. And generally what we do when we have a special guest such as yourself on an episode, I like to talk about the journey, your personal journey, both from a fitness perspective, from a business perspective, and kind of step through how you started and how you kind of got to where you are now. But to contextualize that for the listeners and for the viewers, the first thing you need to do is to tell them a little bit about yourself. All right. So <laughs> it's always, it's always like, tell us a little bit about yourself. It's always a little bit confronting. If no, you met somebody for the first time course, and, you, yeah. and you were like, you know, not just, hey, my name's Nathan, but yeah, like you course. had to like, you know, this is what I'm about. This is how I describe myself. Mm. This is how I want people to know me. Mm. Go. Well, we all know my name is Nathan James Williamson. We've established that. No, 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 no. It's Nathan, Nathan. James. That's right. Williamson. Yeah. <laughs> I got that wrong. Step that shit out. <laughs> to be honest, man, I'm just I'm an, I'm a visionist. Yeah. I just love life, and and to sort of cut that up, I um number one first and foremost, I'm a devoted dad. I have mm-hmm. a beautiful little daughter, Chloe. She's six mm-hmm. years old. I can't believe my daughter is six years old. Crazy, right? Man, that was that's a. That was a quick six years. Yeah. And you, you had, you had Chloe quite young, right? Yeah. 21. Yeah. Yeah. I had my daughter. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that was hard in itself. Um, I'm, my brain goes a million places at once. I'm just going to introduce myself first. Yeah. Then I'm going to get yeah. back to that. Cause right now I'm going no, back to when she was. You have to introduce yourself. Yeah. I'm an IFBB pro bodybuilder yeah. and I've always wanted to be an IFBB pro bodybuilder since I can remember yeah. going back 14 years ago, I wanted to be a pro bodybuilder. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a company called Team Future Muscle, mm-hmm. um, and it started off just myself. I'm not going to tell you too much about it just yet, basically, because that's another whole story. But it started off just as myself. Mm-hmm. I was just a personal trainer, and mm-hmm. I just went to a gym called Doherty's. I actually started a fitness first, actually, before Doherty's. Mm-hmm. In, uh, where did I start? It was in Melbourne East, mm-hmm. other side of the city. Suburb of Melbourne. Yeah, the other view- side of Melbourne. Viewers and listeners. Oh, yeah, Melbourne East. I feel like we're in yeah. Melbourne right now. Yeah. Suburb of Melbourne. And then I left that, went to Doherty's. Mm-hmm. Um, am I telling my story right now? Because I can keep going all day. I just want you to introduce yourself. Then we can get to the story. Okay, yeah. So you've, you've touched on a few things. You've touched on your father, yeah. right? You're an IFBB pro bodybuilder and you run your own, would you call it a personal training company or a coaching I, company? I would call it a lifestyle coaching company because okay. we don't just do bodybuilders. Actually, yeah. probably our niche market is the corporate world. Sure. Um, we have one, two three, four, five coaches in the brand at the moment. Yep. Um, and we're all doing really, really well. We do over 220 clients a week. Mm-hmm. We also have a massive online portal as well, which mm-hmm. is about to really take off once this online app we're doing is, we're putting in a lot of work right now to develop an online generated app yep. that is straight to your phone. Because my biggest problem right now is time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm, I'm veering off again. That's basically what I do. And I always <laughs> veer off. It's an issue with me. I talk too much. And it's, it, it, thank you for introducing yourself. And I think that that, you know, just as a very preliminary 
context does give the the listeners and the viewers a, a bunch of context as to why I'm excited to have you on the show because IFBB Pro Bodybuilder obviously you've reached the the highest of elite levels in physique based mm. sports getting that IFBB Pro card in open bodybuilding as well course, we might yeah. add uh, so Arnold from Classic. a fitness perspective there's one hell of a story to tell about that journey mm. right getting to the level you're you're at now and, and now you're you know you're trying to qualify for the Olympia of course with, yeah. you know your goal is eventually hopefully winning an Olympia right yeah man so there's 100%. a big story to tell there from a fitness perspective and then from the business perspective as well I mean you've got five coaches working underneath you mm. in in the you know overarching principle it's the personal training space effectively yeah. that's kind of where of it course, started yeah. and you're doing you know a big number of clients every week so there's a bunch of business stuff that we can kind of drill down on of course right. as well so I want to start with with the fitness mm-hmm. right so you're 27 years old mm-hmm. IFBB Pro Bodybuilder, where does this journey start? What does the journey look like from, you know, people listening, watching this at the moment? Maybe they've just found fitness. Maybe they've been in fitness a couple of years. Maybe they've been in fitness 10 years. Yeah. Right? What does, you know, how do you go from the initial interest in fitness to becoming one of the best bodybuilders on the planet? We just uh, take a seat. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to keep this short. I'm not going to go too into into detail with it, but... To cut a very, very long story of over fifth, probably, what am I now? So we're looking at probably, man, 14 years ago. Yeah. 14 years ago, my mum said to me, Nathan, what would you like for your birthday? Mm. Uh, I said, I remember watching a movie called Danny, uh, The Twins with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And I can remember this scene as vivid as hell in my head when... Arnold was in the back of the taxi and he flexed and he had a flannel shirt on and the shirt ripped. Do you remember yeah, that scene? I remember the scene. I remember that scene. That was the first time I was ever interested in like proper muscle like that. Yeah. You know, even tracking back further than that, I used to play soccer yeah. at like a national level for Australia as a yeah. young kid. Yeah. And my coach, uh, Eddie Wasland at the time said to me, Nathan, I said to uh, um, Eddie, what do I need to do to be more competitive? Mm. And Eddie said, Nathan, you need to be bigger. You're agile, you're quick, but you're not big enough. You get pushed off the ball. I'm naturally a really skinny, small dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember as like a 12 year old boy, not even kidding. I mm. was doing these soccer matches, traveling to Sydney, traveling all in the country, playing soccer at a national level. And I would do 300 push-ups and 300 sit-ups every single day. Yeah. And that is, and man, I was really good at push-ups and sit-ups. And that's no what doubt. I do. When you're 12, <laughs> yeah. you only know what you know. And from what I knew, that was what I had to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing else. And then I, when I, when I turned what, 14, 13, 14, mum got me, and I said to mum for my birthday, I want to look like that. Mm-hmm. And so she went and got me a gym membership yeah. in uh, Albury, which is at a place called Ace Fitness where I'm originally born in Albury, which is a very, very small country town. Yeah. Oh, Albury's in New South Wales, right? Yeah, it is. So on the yeah. border of New South Victoria, we had about 40,000 people mm-hmm. in Albury. So we started off there. Um, and I would get on my bike after school. I'd get catch the bus home, get on my bike that I that I left where the bus stop was, chained up to the pole there. Yeah. And I get on my bike. I drive to the. I ride to the gym. Yeah. And I go and do a session for what I knew um, I had to do. Yeah. And then it, that's kind of where it started. Tracking a couple of years later, I um, what happened after that? I eventually I moved to Melbourne, and then I I remembered. So bodybuilding was always in the back of my head. I always wanted to look good. So it was it was effectively the aesthetic side, right? You know, you what? saw you saw the movie, you saw Arnold Flex, and you were like, "I want to look like that guy." Yeah, I love I love the appeal. I love yeah. the, I love the look of it. I love the aesthetics. I've always True. loved that. Hence, why my approach now is all about aesthetics. But yeah. more so, it was you know, it was a lot of different things actually as well. Going yeah. to school and wanting to be the coolest guy in school. You know, I wanted to be the biggest guy in school, yeah. so I did a lot of training like that. Uh-huh. And I, I went and joined up a gym called a, a Super Show. You know, for my lunch break at school, we got we got to choose a sport which you wanted. To to do once a week with school mm-hmm. and one of the sport electives was going to the gym yeah and every thursday at about two o'clock would go down to super shape which was a gym around the corner from the school we walked down there and the, and the teachers would just give us an hour and a half two hours to just do what you want in the gym yeah and i suppose i developed love i, lo- I just really developed a love for it mm-hmm. and then i um started training and that and that guy who owned that gym his name is laurie butler and taylor young mm-hmm. they are actually world champion powerlifters, and they still are to this day Awesome. And I learned the ropes of lifting through them. Yeah. 
um, powerlifting, squat, deadlifts, and bench. That was the basis of my training because that's all I knew back then. And my body grew real quick. Mm. And I used every, back then, you would know supplements, obviously. I remember there just was just a little bit. <laughs> you know what was you know what was back then? There was chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla fried protein. It was yeah. horrible. And and my my friend at the back of the gym said, Try these, man, these are really good. And mm. I thought it was like, you know, taking these illicit substances. It yeah. turned out it was citrulline malate in a capsule. Yeah. It was arginine in a capsule. Yeah. And it was beta alanine in a capsule. Mm-hmm. And so I'm popping like two capsules twice a day yeah. before I train yeah. in the morning, whatever, yeah, thinking yeah. that this is the next best thing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's just sort of how I started. After that, I uh, moved to Melbourne. Um, I moved to Melbourne at the age of 17. Mm-hmm. I moved in with my girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was living in South Yarra. So South Yarra is very, very close to the city. Yep. And the gym that I signed up was Doherty's in the city because it was the closest gym to me. I went in there and I started training. And um, Doherty's on Flinders Street, right? Yeah, man. The, so underneath, lived- the, underneath the train tracks. Yeah. With the tunnels and shit. So I lived very, very close to there. So yeah. I, I would just finish work. I used to, man, I did a lot of crazy stuff. I've done a lot, I've worked in a lot of places in my life. Mm. I started working there. I started training there. Um, and then I ended up moving back to Aubrey mm-hmm. when, so tracking a few years after that, not much happened in those years. I just sort of trained tracking a few years later. Yeah. I moved back to Aubrey at the age of, so I signed up at Dolders is about 18, I think 17, 18. I moved back to Aubrey at the age of 20 ish. Mm. And then that's where um, Jules and I, Fell, well, she fell pregnant with Chloe. Mm-hmm. And Jules, Jules, Jules is your daughter's mother. Yeah, she yeah. is. So we, she, we, we, she was pregnant with Chloe when I was around about twenty. So by the time I was twenty, mom, we had Chloe. Yeah, and then, um, uh, and I remember. So we, we were planning on just going back to work for a period of time, just uh-huh. for a couple of months. That's yeah. it, and then planning on leaving back to Gelgen. Yeah. And then we end up moving, and then we end up staying for a bit longer. Obviously, when we had Chloe. Mm. Um, and we didn't want to stay in Aubrey. So I, at the time, you know, being a 20 year old kid, 21 year old kid, mm. I had really no money. Mm-hmm. And so I used to work night shift at Vitasoy. I used to do night shift there. Mm-hmm. Then I would do that a couple of nights a week, get paid decent money to do that. That was mm-hmm. the best thing to get paid for in Aubrey. And then on weekends, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I would, Thursday night, I would travel from in my mum's red Daihatsu Sirion. I would get in her car and I would travel behind dad's back, mind you, because dad didn't like me taking the car and dad worked away. So mum would be like, you yeah, take the car, but don't tell your dad. <laughs> yeah, keep it on the low down. Yeah. yeah. Went yeah. to Melbourne and um, I, I remember talking to Tony Doherty and I said to him, look, Tony, um, I just want to do a bit of work experience. You know, uh-huh. like I'm not, I'm not qualified, but I just want to do a bit of work experience and I really want to get into the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up getting into the industry and um, doing my certificates and all that sort of stuff. And I had four clients. Mm. I had, and one of those four clients is Kelly Sammer, which is my main coach, and she's mm-hmm. still around. Mm-hmm. This is a long, this is probably what, seven years now? Yeah. Something like that, anyway. And, um, and, and I trained both those people, four of those people, twice a week. So mm-hmm. once on a Friday, once on a Saturday. I would drive my mum's car down to Melbourne. I would stay. Now, this is the thing, right? I was charging $50 an hour back then. Yeah. And I had four clients. Mm. So I'm making about, not very much money, a couple hundred bucks a week, right? Yep. And with that couple hundred dollars a week, I had to use that money to pay for rent, pay for bills, pay for living for Julia, myself, and Chloe, mm. our daughter. And so I couldn't put that towards rent, I put that towards staying somewhere. Mm. And at the time, I didn't know anyone in Melbourne mm. because I'd moved back home to Aubrey and mm. being so young, didn't really have many contacts. My, all my family was from Aubrey. Yep. And my other family who does live, who does live anyway remotely near Melbourne is in Rosebuds. I couldn't go and live out there. So mm-hmm. I ended up just taking mum's car and I would drive down and I would sleep in my mum's car on a Friday night around the corner from the gym mm-hmm. on the side of the street. I remember some really cold nights, man, in winter where I'll be sitting in the driver's seat. There's no tent. There's no nothing. It's freezing cold. And I'm in the driver's seat just rugged up trying to go to sleep. And some nights, man, was sleepless nights because it was that cold. I'd get up before my clients. I'd go into the gym. I'd leave my food inside the gym in the fridge at Doherty's in Brunswick. That's mm-hmm. where I was working at the time. Mm-hmm. And I would come, I would go inside, I'd have a shower, I'd walk back out again, I'd get my food to put my bag, walk back out again, and I'd walk back into the gym like I was just walking, because I was too embarrassed yeah. to let anyone of know course, that I was showering yeah. at the gym. Yeah. So I would get yeah. my food, I'd walk back out and walk back in with it, you know, like I just had a nice sleep in a warm bed. Yeah, yeah. And I would train my clients, and then at the time, one of my friends, uh, Lisa Cope, she was one of my clients as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she was living home with her family, 
and I'll train my first four clients on the, on the Friday. That's where I made my first $200. And then I'll go and sleep at Lisa's house for like two hours in the warm on the couch. Um, her and her mum, where she lived with her mum, just for about a couple of hours. Um, and then I would, obviously I couldn't stay there. So there was no room. Yeah, I'll go sleep for a couple of hours, then I go back to the gym. I do my own training. Then the same process. Go back into the car, sleep in my car, go to bed, wake up the next morning. Blah blah blah. Shower, mm. walk back out of the gym. I train the same four clients down on the Saturday. Again, I'd train myself. I'd have a nap in the car, and then I'd drive back to Aubrey again. And I did that for a solid six months, trying to save money so I could use that money to buy some apparel and to try and get my brand out there. Mm-hmm. I put my heart and soul into these guys. They've done nationals that year and they all done really well. And the brand just went boom like that. I went and I went to a place in Melbourne around the corner of the gym and with the money that I had, the little money that I had, I got TFM shirts made up. Yeah. And I gave a TFM shirt to all of my clients. Yeah. And I made sure that me and my clients, my clients and I, we had this amazing friendship and I made sure that everywhere we went, we put that on social media. We're at dinner together, we're training together, we're doing this together. Because I wanted people to see what TFM is all about. And, and people like to call us a cult mm. because they're fucking jealous. We're not a cult, we're just a family and we work together and we train together and we understand each other. And this is how it still is today. And that's why a lot of people don't like it. Same token, a lot of people love it as well. So, and the rest is history. After that, I suppose um, the company went crazy. It got really, really busy, really, really quickly. Um, I'd done my first bodybuilding show. I went from a teenager when I first, no, sorry, teenager. I was, I was a junior when I first competed at FitX in 2013, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I went, I skipped juniors. I skipped um, first timers, I skipped novice, and I went straight, first show I'd ever done into the open heavyweight class bodybuilding category. Mm -hmm. And I ended up placing second in that category. Wow. Every single show I've done since then, I made sure I said to myself, Nathan, you have to compete every single time. Tony Doherty said to me, as a younger athlete, he said to me, you need, if you want to be a good athlete, you got to compete, you got to compete, you got to, you got to get experience. That was why I competed yeah. every single year. And to this day, still, I've never missed a year of competing. Mm-hmm. I have competed every single year, ever since I first started. And um, yeah, I've won most of my shows. If I didn't win, I came second. And um, yeah, now I'm a pro bodybuilder. And over the, over the years, Man, so much has happened. I've I've gone through a lot. I want to uh, I, I want to dig in a little bit here from uh, a few things that you've spoken about. The first one I just want to just just touch on the fitness side of things, right? Because I'm interested to know how you go from seeing the seeing Arnold in the in the movie with Danny DeVito and going, you know, I want to look like that guy, and and being attracted to the aesthetic appeal of bodybuilding or, or, you know, resistance-based training to then going, I actually want to compete. Like what made you go? Cause obviously, you know, you train, you start looking good, so on and so forth. And perhaps you, you know, you even get to, you know, not exactly like Arnold, but you're achieving that, that nice physique mm. that you kind of set out that attracted you in the first place. What makes you then flip the switch and go, you know what? I actually want to get up on stage and compete in this sport. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for me, I'm, a, I'm naturally very, very competitive. Mm-hmm. At school, you know, I was a school captain in my school. I had really good grades at school. I always wanted to be the best at everything that I did. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And I suppose when I seen that scene in Danny, with Arnold Spolcher and Danny DeVito and then starting to train and seeing all these, seeing my body transform and mm-hmm. then starting to look at people like, you know, Phil Heath is probably my first ultimate bodybuilding inspiration. Mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, I didn't even know really was much of a bodybuilder when I first seen him. He was an actor. That of was course, your first yeah. introduction, right? Yeah, You've seen him flexing in fucking twins. <laughs> when I seen Phil, I was just like, wow. Yeah. You know how Phil just has that like wow look? Well, it's different as well. You know, even if you saw you're sitting in front of a bunch of Arnold posters at the moment back in his bodybuilding days it's it's different now yeah but just i just look at phil yeah in comparison to every other bodybuilder on the planet yeah and i just see that it's everything is just perfect to me you know nice skin nice round muscle bellies the way he holds himself on and off the stage i've just always been a massive fan of phil heath and i suppose he was my first ultimate drive but for me i've you know i've never looked at someone and wanted to be like anyone yeah i've always and, and this is very cliche to say 
but I've always wanted to be the best version of myself. And you know what? Everybody says that. Everybody says, you know, it's you against you. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about others. Usually yeah. people that say that are oh, worrying about others. Yeah, of course. And you know, they don't actually yeah. think of it. But with me, honestly, I'm think when I'm looking at my life, I am just trying to be the best version of me. Mm. I don't care about other people and their goals and what they're achieving. I never have. I have never even watched a bodybuilding show ever mm. until I competed in one because I wasn't interested in everyone else's journey. I'm interested in just being the best version of myself. And so bodybuilding for me was an uncomprehendable dream. To be able to take my body from this level to this level was just like, wow. Could you imagine looking like that? from what I used to look like, just imagine looking like that. And then every single day grinding with training and eating and being the best I can day in day You know, I had a realization the other day, it's like, wow, I can't believe right now where I am in my life. Mm -hmm. Going back, oh, you know what's great, I'm gonna talk, talk about something else in a second. Uh, going back to where I was a couple of five, six, seven years ago was that, like 10 years ago, I can't believe I am where I am right now. It's, mm. I just can't believe it. Five years ago, I wrote a status on Facebook, it came up. And I wrote this status, I said, in 10 years, I remember writing this status and I knew in my head I could do it in five. Yep. But I just said 10, just in case to be safe. Mm. In 10 years, I am gonna become this, I'm gonna become that, I'm gonna achieve this, I'm gonna achieve that. I read that status when it came to Facebook memories come up mm -hmm. and I achieved everything of that that I wanted to achieve in 10 years in five. And so I've just had a crazy drive to succeed. And I just love how we have the ability and we have the control to change our own bodies. We control what we eat. Mm -hmm. We can control how we train. We can control if we get treatment or not. We have full control over that. So if you want to become something, no one has more control of that dream than what you do. Mm -hmm. So just do it and to be able to get up every single day and do what I want to do to achieve what I want to achieve, it's a very motivating feeling for me. So where does it come from, man? Yeah, you know what? My where, does, where does the drive come from? I, and I, you know you know why I'm asking? Because most people with your kind of initial motivation to get into fitness, right, would get to a certain level and go, you know what, I'm happy, mm. I'm good, I'm gonna take the foot off the accelerator now. I achieved the look I was you know, happy to achieve. Or the other side of it is other things happen in life mm. and kind of distract a little bit. So you go and you focus on other things. Where does the drive come from? I think a lot of it comes, and I think you and I have had this conversation once when we were in Melbourne training together. Yeah. Um, I'm very, I'm, I, I take criticism very well. And I like to be criticized. I remember in the car with you and I, I said, Josh, what, um, I said, Joe, what do I need to do to be the best version of me? What do you think I, I need to do to become yeah. better? I Someone like yourself, you know, a very successful businessman, a pro bodybuilder like yourself, I've always looked up to what you've done. Yeah. And I think it's amazing what you've done. And I want to be able to be do, doing what you're doing one day. Slightly different way. But I suppose I've always had a crazy amount of self-belief. Mm. I've always believed in myself. And along the way, and again, it's very cliche when people say, you know what, people are always going to try and knock you down along the way. They actually do. Yeah. That actually happens. Of course it does. You know, but, but you know, when you, when you have a thought as a younger adult, you kind of go, you know, but people say, you know, do you remember as a young adult, people would say to you things like the more successful you become, the more people hate you. Mm -hmm. You hear that. Mm-hmm but you don't actually absorb what that really means. Well, you can't until it happens. Of course. And there's no, there's no way, there's no mechanism. And I see so many people that have so much talent and there's so many young guys and girls that I want to help because I can see so much talent. I have so much to believe in them, but yeah. they don't see it in themselves. And that's what's stopping people from becoming so, successful. Okay. So where does that come from? Because, because the thing is, man, is there's, there's a few drivers that prevent people from doing what it is they want to do and ultimately being successful. One of them is the fear of failure, no doubt. The other one is the fear of other people's opinions. And then a big one is self-doubt. Mm. So you've just said that you've always had like this incredible self-belief, which is the opposite of self-doubt, mm. right? So where does that come from? Because most people are wired the other way, right? Most people are wired with self-doubt inside of them, not self-belief. Mm. So... Why do, you, why do you think that you're wired the other way? Yeah, I, I don't know if this is, 
I don't know if this is wrong to say or not, but you know what really fuels me? Yeah. Is hate. Yeah. I, let me explain what I mean by that. When I'm doing really well, yeah. a lot of people, even in this industry right now, that are living and working alongside us right now, mm-hmm. have tried to bring me down and pull me down and take the spotlight off me. Yeah. And for some reason, when someone's talking bad about me and someone's saying, Nathan can't do this, Nathan can't do that, you're mm-hmm. not going to achieve this, you're mm-hmm. not going to achieve that. It makes me so much more motivated to do it because I know I can do it. I know you're asking me, where does it come from? I don't even know. Maybe you should have asked me before the podcast started so I could have worked that out, not in front of the camera. I just know that when people, when, when people doubt me, it just makes me more motivated than ever to prove them wrong. So you, do, you, do you think that there might even be a way where you kind of take, take self-doubt and kind of combine it with other people's opinions of your capabilities and almost like turn it inside out and use it to kind of motivate you. Do you think that perhaps that's a correct way of describing it? Because I'm trying like, I'm thinking about, you know, the people listening to this, the people watching this, they're going, fuck man, like this, you know, this guy's got a lot of self-belief. I wish I had that. You know what? So I what, wanted, what, I, what, I what advice real. could we give? I want to be real because there's a camera on me and cause I'm talking on the podcast, I'm sort of filtering things and I want to just say it how it is. Do it. Unfiltered. All right. I come from a family, right? Yeah. And I have eight brothers and sisters in total. Sure. Half of half of them and half, half of my biological. Yeah. No one in my family are, are, are as motivated as me to achieve what I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. I love my family and they mean the absolute world to me and yeah. we get along. And for, for me to be able to say this, right, a lot of the viewers listening are going to be like, that's not very nice what you're saying about his family. But this is how my family is wide. We're open, we're honest. And I say, yeah. Scott, you're a wanker mm. or dad, you're acting like a cocksucker. Mm. And this is how we talk to each other. And we're cool like that, you know? So we, there's no issues in my family. Mm. My family are just, they drink. Most of my family are alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Most of my family worked nine to five, mm-hmm. all of my family mm-hmm. worked nine to five and all of my family are complacent and happy to be where they are. Sure. And as a young adult growing up, I always wanted to achieve something that I didn't have as a kid. I never got the luxuries. We never had money. Mm-hmm. We, our holiday destination would be driving two and a half hours to Melbourne and staying in a shitty accommodation in the city, like a backpackers and watching mum go shop, window shop. Yeah. And that's what I had until I was 18. I never even got to try a McFlurry from McDonald's until I was 16 years old because we couldn't afford anything more than a, th- than a 30 cent cone. Mm-hmm. You know, so coming from a family like that where, I, and you know what, I wouldn't change a, a thing because my family, I had the best upbringing. We had a lot of love and my family gave me a lot of love mm-hmm. and a lot of support. And my dad was hard on me. Mm-hmm. My dad would, my dad would say, one, my dad wouldn't say to me, Nathan, you need to smarten up and think better. He would say, Nathan, you're, you're acting like a yeah. Right. And even though it's a bad way of saying things, going back ten years ago, you need to be a man, Nathan. Stop being weak. That's how my dad would speak to me. Yeah. Stop being a stop being a pussy, Nathan. Stop being this, Nathan. And this is just how country people talk to their kids. And very I country. loved it. <laughs> it's very country. And so if we're gonna be real right now, my yeah. fam- my dad is a hard ass. Yeah. And my mum is like an angel. So my mum nurtured me and gave me all this love. And my dad was like, be a man, mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then growing up and looking at all the kids around me who could have McFlurries when I couldn't afford anything more than a 30 cent cone and going on holidays and going and eating at nice places when we never even got to eat out ever once. Mm-hmm. That motivated me to be able to give my daughter and my family a life that I never got to have. There it is. Yeah. There it is. I just found. I knew there was something, kind of, I, and I didn't know. I didn't know this about you. I'm yeah. learning this for the first time, and I've known you for a bunch of years now. We spent a bunch of time together. This is the first time I'm hearing this. Yeah, and, and I knew there was something there because there has to be, right? Mm. There has to be something there. There has to be some sort of driver mm. that makes you go, "Fuck, I'm gonna do this." Yeah, you know, I'm gonna drive to Melbourne and sleep in the fucking car and do whatever it takes. Because, well, in your instance, I don't want that for my family. I want something better. Yeah. And you know what? You need to understand that everybody starts from zero. Yeah. We're all born the same way. And what stops people along the way is not just overall, if we put it onto one mm. word, is fear. You have to be not afraid of everything. Yeah. Don't be afraid to fail. What is the worst that can happen? Yeah. 
you know what? I've always said to myself, what is the most powerful psychological thing you could ever think of or the most powerful physical thing you can think of? And a lot of this stuff that I'm talking about right now, I'm going to explain because we're just going to be real right now. I'm just going to say it how it is and the viewers can take this however they want to take it. Yeah. But the most powerful thing you can think of is the thought of suicide mm -hmm. or the thought of killing yourself mm -hmm. or the act of doing it. Mm -hmm. So if you can comprehend in your head that you will do whatever it takes to be the best version of yourself under any circumstance and you are not afraid to die, mm -hmm. you have no fear. Mm. You don't care if you fail and you go bankrupt. You don't care if your partner leaves you. You don't care if something happens because you know what? You're a human and you're doing the absolute best you can every single day to be the best you can. As long as your intentions are good and I have good intentions, I never ever want to hurt anybody. I got a lot of love in my heart mm. and I want to help everyone. And that's probably my problem. I'm spending so much time helping. I would give my last dollar to somebody else because I know what it feels like to have no money. Yeah. I know what it feels like to have pain and to struggle growing up because I went through all of that. Even still today, my family struggle. You know, like they have, they will have a mortgage for the rest of their life and they will struggle to pay their bills every single week. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing my best to be able to help my family. And they're going through a lot of hard stuff right now. And it's hard for me sitting here and I give to my family and I give to my friends and I take from myself and give to everyone because I want to take away everyone else's pain because I know what it feels like to go through that pain. And I just deal with it. I don't care how much I hurt. Mm. I don't care what people say about me. I don't care how bad things can get. I don't care how treacherous things can get, how while the ocean is out there because I will deal with that. And what's the worst that can happen? I will die. At least I die knowing that I woke up every single day and I gave every day of my life the best that I could be to achieve my dream. And I'm content with doing that. It's an incredible perspective, man. Yeah. that's And that's, you know, uh, a lot of these fears that people have come down to lack of perspective. You know, yeah. it's like you said, like what happens if you fail? Like, think about that. What's the worst that can happen? Sure. Okay. So why are you afraid of it? Why does it actually scare you? You know, it's this lack of perspective that, that, you know, causes people to get caught up in their own thoughts and not actually be able to, to see things for what they are, which I think you have, you know, you've had the, it's one of those things as well. It's like, you know, okay, well, there are a lot of things that you didn't have during your upbringing that perhaps you might've liked to have had, mm. but looking back on it, that's the key driver for you having this self-belief and having this ongoing motivation and, and for you being the person you are today, right? So I've got a question for you. What do you fear? I fear letting my daughter down. Mm -hmm. I fear letting my family and friends down mm -hmm. because I can deal with the pain. Mm -hmm. I can deal with physical pain, emotional pain, psychological pain. I'm good. Yeah. Say whatever you want, do whatever you want to me. I'm sweet. Yeah. But it's the fear of disappointing my daughter mm. or disappointing or letting my family down. Mm. That is the hardest thing for me. I feel like I was just born to take away everyone else's pain. And I'm okay to do that because I want to be, I want to be that person. I want to give my last dollar to everyone and I want to help other people. So what fears me the most is letting my daughter down. And mm. I, I feel like I want to give her, I'm, I'm going to teach her what the mental principles that I had to learn to become what I am today and what I'm going to become. Mm -hmm. And she will work her ass off to achieve what she wants to achieve. Mm -hmm. But I just want to be able to give her that security blanket just in case. Mm -hmm. So she knows when she's ready to fall, dad's going to catch you. And if I can't do that, I feel like I failed. Nothing else fears me. Absolutely nothing else, you know. And so many people, it's very cliche. People say to me, you know, and, and this is just about success and be relative to this, right? Everyone wants to be successful and everyone's got a different version of success. Success we is relative. All, we all want to make money and we all want to be happy and we all want to have families and kids, whatever it may be to be successful. Yeah. But the fucking problem in 21st century is nobody wants to put in the fucking work. People look at massive Joes and go, wow, multi-million dollar business. Joes driving beautiful cars around. This person's driving Lamborghini. This person's doing, well, guess what? They fucking deserve to drive that because they worked their ass off for it. You want to work nine to five and you want to make, and you want to go home and leave your work at home. Guess what? 
Joe Mensal, CEO of Massive Joe's, goes home with his work. And when he gets home after doing 12 hours of work a day, he brings his computer home with him, opens and does more work. He goes to sleep thinking about his work. He wakes up thinking about it. So you know what? Joe fucking deserves a Lamborghini. You don't deserve one because you work nine to five and you go home and you watch Home and Away. So you fucking don't deserve a Lamborghini. Mm. And that's how I look at it. People need to work for their success. If you're lucky enough to have it, be grateful because not everybody gets that same luck. But if you've got to work for it, when you achieve it, you feel what it takes to earn that car, what it, what it takes to earn that, and you value it. I think uh, uh, there's something that, that I've been giving a lot of thought to recently, and we were, we were talking about this yesterday, actually, and I came up with a name for it because <laughs> I've, been, I've been thinking broadly about this concept uh, but hadn't had a name for it. But I, I'm, I'm going to call it success capacity, right? Which is, which is a way of describing how much scope you have to reach different levels of success. And what you and I were discussing yesterday, and I think this is particularly pertinent to, to both sides of, of your life in terms of the fitness and the business side of things, is I feel like your success capacity is directly related to the amount of discomfort you're willing to endure Mm-hmm. to achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve. And I think that you're a, a great example of that um, from, a, from a fitness perspective, obviously the amount of you know, pain and discipline and everything that goes into becoming an IFBB pro bodybuilder, which is no easy feat, man. Like, you know, let's be honest, it's mm-hmm. fucking hard to become an IFBB pro bodybuilder. Especially in Australia, so hard. So fucking hard. How many, how many pro you cards are in Australia you, a year? Two? You, now there's two, but back when back when you got yours, there was one. only one. There was one, and you try and go pro at a and show like the Arnold Classic. But it's not even. It wasn't even only one. It was one in Australia, but you were competing against international athletes for it. That's what I mean. And over the last <laughs> how many years, so that's no that's no small deal. But once again, that that success capacity was directly related to how much you were willing to put your, how much discomfort you were willing to endure in the gym and outside the gym with dieting and cardio and whatnot to achieve that goal. And then from the business perspective, you know, I love the story that you, that you told of, of fucking driving to Melbourne two and a half hours every weekend, sleeping in the car to achieve your business goals. Mm. Because once again, okay, how much discomfort am I willing to endure? Am I willing to, to make that two and a half hour trek in either direction every weekend? Am I willing to sleep in the car when it's fucking freezing outside and I can't sleep because it's that cold? Am I willing to go through that much discomfort to increase my success capacity hmm. so that I'm able to achieve my business goals? I love it. You know why I'm willing? I'm willing because there's no fucking other option. Yeah. Like, okay, I want to achieve that. Yeah. What options do I have? Because yeah. I'm I'm all about options. Yeah. I got one option. That's all. I'm gonna, that, then I'm going to do it. Well, you don't. You don't. You know. You mentioned how you want your daughter to have that security yeah. blanket, that safety net. You don't have a safety net. No, man. Exactly right. And yeah. if I fail, I fail. That's fine. I don't care. I'm good with that. Yeah. Because to me, it's not a fail. It's a learning lesson. Yeah. But my only option to go to Melbourne to pose with Johnny Ballas to learn the the ropes of bodybuilding. Yeah to be around the best to make money was to sleep in my car. Yeah. I had no other option. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm just going to do it. Absolutely. Well, you, it's, it's the old uh, saying that I use a lot. It's burn your boats. Mm. Right? If, you, if you leave yourself no other option, you, when, when your options are to succeed or fail and there's no in between, you tend to succeed. 100%, man, yeah. You know, when you literally have no other option. I think the problem is, and, and kind of what you were discussing with, you know, people work nine to five, go home, watch home and away, so on and so forth. Look, man, there's nothing wrong with that. 100%. Like each, each to their own, right? If you want to be comfortable, fine, fucking be comfortable. Mm. But understand that your success capacity is very small. Exactly, yeah. Okay? And there's a direct relationship between if you're happy to be comfortable and you're happy to be, you know, uh, you know, living living a typical life, mm. don't also expect to be driving the Lamborghini. Damn straight. Or and however you measure success, that. that's just yeah. one way of measuring. But don't expect to achieve certain levels of success if you're not willing to withstand certain levels of discomfort. Mm. 100%, yeah. Because you can't. You can't be comfortable and also be successful. Yeah. 
to certain levels. Financially. To certain levels. Yeah. To certain levels, right? Yeah. I mean, I wish I was one of those people. Yeah. My brother is, my brother, Scott, he's a concreter. He yeah. makes his, what, 750 grand a year. And yeah. he's happy. Yeah. He is so happy. And I look at his life and I go, man, I could never do that. Yeah. But that's my choice. And of that's course. his choice. And he is yep. so happy in his life. And I sometimes wish that... I could be as happy as he could be with what he has, but I just can't because that's not what I want out of my life. Yeah. Now, he, if you, like you just said, I'm not going to go into it, but what, like you just said, you can't drive, you can't expect to drive a Lamborghini if you're only, you know, working nine to five and going home, watching home and away. Yeah. But if that's what you want to do, then guess what? You are successful. If you work nine to five and you make enough money to get by mm -hmm. and you're happy, you have a beautiful family and you have everything you need in your life and you feel content then you mm -hmm. are successful. Mm -hmm. If you are not interested in money and success and Lamborghinis and you just want to drive a Daihatsu and live life how you want to live it, mm. then I'm happy for those guys because I wish I was like that sometimes. <laughs> it's not as simple as that for me. Well, they're fulfilling their success capacity. And that it's just their success capacity is much smaller yeah. than someone who's willing to do the shit that you've been willing to do really, really to quickly, get to different levels. Really quickly, yeah. I just wanted to say this, and I and I say this a lot. I haven't, this is the first time I've been on the Massive Joe's um, show, and I, I my analogy I live by I want to run through my life analogy. Mm. And that is what is success? Mm -hmm. Success is internal happiness. Mm -hmm. What creates internal happiness? What is your version of happiness? I'm gonna give you an analogy. So you've got five things in your life, for example, you need to be successful. Mm -hmm. I got my daughter, mm -hmm. my family, I got my bodybuilding, my business dreams, and I got my friends. Let's just say those are my five things. Mm -hmm. Now, for me to be successful, I need all five. Mm -hmm. You know those clowns at the shows, they get like these plates and they spin the plates and they spin one plate, they spin another plate, they spin another plate, they spin another plate. When the clown spins one plate, you look at it and you go, okay, it's cool. Mm. But when do you feel that wow factor when he's spinning like five or six plates? And that's the epiphany of, what he can do, right? That's the top end level of success for the client. He's spinning 10 plates at a time and you just go, wow. Mm. Now to spin 10 plates is impossible if you only have two hands, if you're trying to spin them all at once. Mm. So what we do is each plate represents a different part of life. Mm. Like I said, one plate represents my daughter, one plate represents bodybuilding, business, and so forth. Mm -hmm. Now, for me to be successful, I need all those plates to be spinning. So right now, I'm holding this stick and I'm spinning my bodybuilding plate just like that. I'm going to spin that plate so hard over the next 12 weeks that that plate I can leave by itself here for the next 12 months after that. And it's going to spin by itself for 12 months. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stand back and look at my plates and I'm going to go, okay. My Colby plate's toppling over a little bit. I better put some time into that one. Sure. My business plate, sure. my family plate. Yeah. I've got all five plates spinning at all times mm -hmm. because for me to be successful, I need all five plates. If you want to be successful, you need to work out what you need in your life to be ultimately internally happy and don't base your happiness of what your friends and your family say, what your parents deem as morally correct. Other people's opinions, right? Base your success about internally what you truly, honestly, genuinely want out of life because you don't want to be on your deathbed one day going, I wish I'd tried that. Mm -hmm. And when you work out what you want to achieve, it is as simple as envision, plan, and execute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's funny because you've just mentioned two things that are that are very close to to a lot of my personal foundational principles, right? The first one you just mentioned just then is you don't want to be on your deathbed regretting things that you should have done, right? I asked you what you fear. I have one fear, right? I'm not afraid of failure. Failed many many times. Mm -hmm. Really not that big a deal in the big scheme of things. I'm not afraid of other people's opinions. Honestly, I, you know, like I care about the people close to me and what they think, but at the end of the day, I really don't give a fuck. I'm going to do what I want to do, whether it's my, you know, my partner, my parents, sibling, you know, I'm still going to do what I want to do. I don't have self-doubt. I'm very much similar to you. That's why we get along so well. Very, you know, full of self-belief. I, I have one fear. You know what my one fear is? Regret. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's, that's the one thing I fear because I don't want to be on my deathbed, you know, a couple of hours to live, a couple of days to live, you know, going, fuck, man, why did I not do that? Why did I not take that risk? Why did I not take that action? 
What stopped me from doing that? Oh man, I was just so afraid of if I felt, no, fuck that, man. I'm going to do that because I don't want to be in that position. I love that, man. I really love that because I always say to people, and it's a subconscious thought, actually. Subconscious, that was actually a subconscious thought to me. Uh And I say to people, not even knowing, it's a subconscious word that just comes out of my mouth. I always say to people, no regrets. Yeah. No regrets. No regrets. regrets. And that's just, to me, it just comes out. And in any situation in life, and again, this is very cliche, but this is how I believe it. And people say this bullshit all the fucking time. You know, know, be positive. Don't be negative. Usually the people that are saying be positive and don't be negative are the fucking negative people. Yeah. Right. But for me, in every single situation in life, whether it be heartache through family, mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, mm-hmm. financial stress, mm-hmm. there is always a positive in every situation and you just got to find it. And you, naturally, my brain, honest to God, goes to the positive without even thinking it. Yeah. Subconsciously, when a situation arises, this is the situation right here. Mm. Naturally, I can't help but to see the good. Yeah. I just can't help it. Yeah. I never see the bad. And I feel like it's a really good moral to have yeah. because in any situation there's both and, and, and it's how you deal with it. Absolutely. The second thing that you said with the, the plate spinning analogy, mm. I love that. And I use that analogy myself. Oh, you do, yeah. I, I do. I you do quite you, frequently. You take it. And the reason why I love that analogy is because that is a, a perfect illustration of how I view balance, right? When people say, you know, I need balance in my life. I need to be balanced, fucking balance. Fucking, I hate when people say that. Mm. My view of balance is micro obsession. Oh, I was about to say obsession. I love it. Macro balance, right? And that's exactly the plate analogy. The plate analogy is I'm aware that I have all these different plates. And at different points in my life, they're going to require my obsession, I'm going to have to spin that one plate at that point in time. And then I can move on to another one and then to another one, to another one. So the awareness of all the different parts of your life, of all the different plates that need your attention, need your obsession at one point in time gives you the macro balance, Mm. the higher level balance, and then being able to directly laser focus in on one thing at a time is the micro obsession. Mm. Because the problem is, this is what I find a lot, is people that preach balance at all times are trying to spin five or six different plates with two hands. With two hands. Mm. It's impossible. You can't fucking do it. Mm. Right? You, it's 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 a recipe for mediocrity mediocrity. It's a recipe for being comfortable. It's a recipe for not actually achieving fucking anything. Hundred mm, percent. Because you're trying to you're trying to do something that's impossible. Mm. So my view is micro obsession, go go hard on whatever it is that you're focused on at that point in time, macro balance. I love it. It's really good, man. Yeah. And in business, you know what? And this and I, I'm a visionist and I have my my brain is so so lit all the time. See, I did that. <laughs> see how I did that? You did. That was good. I was just, I stopped. Well you done. see how well I stopped done. for a second yeah, there? Yeah, I yeah. stopped because I had to make sure it was, it was in the right context. <laughs> so Adelaide people say lit. In Melbourne, we don't I'm say not, lit. Sure we say we're I'm happy. Not, I'm not sure it's the right context, but that's cool. We know what you're saying. All right. We got it. Yeah. So basically. Your brain's working all the time. Yeah. And Your you brain's on fire. To be successful, yeah. we have to understand that we cannot do it alone. Yeah. And along the way, Joe and I had a conversation yesterday, a very brief conversation about quantum physics and a theory called the Boson-Higgs theory, which cut a long story of thought. It relates in, if I were to put it simply, thoughts become things. Mm. Our thought is, uh, the, the Higgs field is powered by, the Higgs field is universal field up in space. It's powered by frequencies and the frequencies are derived by thoughts. Yeah. Now, I mean, let's say I'm in, I'm in Melbourne, Australia and Joe's in China. Yeah. And I'm thinking I want to achieve this. My f- these frequency patterns have been sent up into the Higgs field yeah. and Joe's thinking I want to achieve this and his frequency patterns have been sent up in his fields over there in China. Yeah. Now along the way there's millions of frequencies going everywhere, right? And along the way our frequencies meet up somehow. They somehow meet up. Certain things happen in life, this happens, that happens. And a lot of the time people look at these things as negative. Oh, mm. I got fired from my workplace. This happened. I lost this. I lost that. My partner left me. 
Again, this comes back to don't look at the negative, look at the positive because in every situation there's both. Mm. And when something happens to me, like I lose a job or I lose a partner or whatever, I look at the two doors that opened up when that one door closed. Of course. And I knew you and I would do business together. I just knew it. I knew me and Eddie would do business together. I knew you and I would do business together because I know what my vision, where I want to go. Mm. And I can vividly see yours with what you've done so far and what you want to do based upon conversation. Yeah. And they just gel like that. And the moral of the story is if you want to be successful, you can't be greedy. At a table of 10 people, everybody's got to eat, not just the guy at the top of the table. Mm -hmm. For me to be successful, I need to make sure I'm working with people that are like-minded and all the people under me are also successful. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing I live by as well. Absolutely. You don't have to lose for others to win. 100%. But a lot of, man, a lot of people do that. Yeah. How many business yeah. operators do you see 21st century just greedy motherfuckers just yep. taking all the money and fucking their staff over? 100%, man. Happens all and the time. And that comes out in the all wash, the man, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. What is your vision, man? At this, man, at this point in time, you know, talk, it's talk, very vivid. talk, talk us through it. Let's okay. go. I'm, I, I, I have no doubt that it's very vivid because I know you and I know the way your brain works. Yeah, man. But let's talk me through it. Start with fitness. What does, what does the vision look All like? All right. So you, right from, now, from the body this, is what's, this is what is going to happen. This is what is capital going to happen. Yeah. One million percent. And all you haters out there, please keep on hating because you're just motivating me. And when <laughs> this fueling happens, the fire. I promise when this happens, you're going to want to be my friends. I know that when I compete in 12 weeks, I'm going to look world-class. Yep. I know this. Yep. My brain does not tell me otherwise. Mm -hmm. I will get on that stage. Whether I win or whether I lose, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. All I care about is I will get up there under any circumstance possible and I will be my best mm -hmm. because I have no fear that I'm of anything else. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. Now, after that, TFM is going to open up a um, online generated app because mm -hmm. my issue right now is time management. I can't, we're doing over 200 people a week and mm -hmm. I, I have no time right now being here. I'm doing business with you. My other business is, is going backwards mm -hmm. because of that, which is mm -hmm. okay for the, mm -hmm. for the moment because I have a vision of fixing this. Now I'm going to do a, a TFM generated app, which is I'm going to be able to hit thousands of people across the world at the tip of my fingers all the time. When I'm on the toilet, when I get out of the shower, when in between meetings, I can just do that bang, not have to open up my laptop and do yep. this and do that. So time yep. management for me. Then after that, what's going to happen is we are going, should I talk about what we're going to do? Absolutely. All right. This is what I we're going to do. And we already got the money. We already got the investors. It's going to happen. And this is 99%, you know, it's hundred percent in concrete because it's going to happen. We're going to open up a multi-million dollar TFM training facility in Melbourne in Brighton. It's going to cost about $7 million to open. Mm. It's gonna be an elite training facility with the best therapists in the world, the best training trainers in the world that that work with everything. Now these trainers are gonna help you with everything. They're gonna coach you to be the absolute best you can possibly be in life. We're gonna have packages, entry level package, intermediate package, uh, uh, top end package. Yep. It's gonna have a cafeteria so with access from outside the facility, inside the facilities. If you guys just walking past, you wanna grab a coffee because we're gonna have the best coffee in Melbourne. You can grab it from the front of the building, not to walk into the gym. We're going to have the best facilities. We're going to have the best staff, the best products, the best supplements is mm -hmm. going to be in that gym as well. Um, and basically what's going to happen is this facility is going to be a one-stop shop for everything. Yeah. You can walk in, you have cryotherapy, you have hyperbaric chamber, you have the best trainers in the world, you have the best therapists in the world, you have the best cafeteria in the world that will make your food for you if you want for a cheap price. And I'm not here to charge you guys a lot of money. Mm. I'm here to give you guys a facility that is going to make you feel and look amazing for a minimal cost because I'm not trying to make money doing this. Mm. I'm trying to make people feel good about themselves. And like I said to at the start of the video, at the start of this podcast, I would give my last cent to make others happy because I know what it feels like to not be successful mm. or to not have what I've always wanted to have. So by me doing this, everybody has money and everybody has time, mostly in the westernized world anyway. When You know what I really fucking hate when people say I have no money and I have no time? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I like you. Yeah. I fucking <laughs> cannot stand it because you got fucking money and you got time. You just priorities are elsewhere. Now, remember this in business, yeah. doesn't matter what business you do. If you can add the keyword value mm. to somebody's life, they will invest in you. Mm. If someone's walking into a gym 
chances are they want to look and feel better about themselves. 21st century with editing apps and Instagram and all this crap that's so readily available at your fingertips, everybody wants to look good and feel good now. Mm. I'm going to bring you a facility which you can achieve everything for a minimal cost under one roof and I'm going to make it simple for you. Do this, do that, follow this, follow that, think like this, act like this, and all you need to do is pay this small fee at the end and it's achievable. That's what we're going to bring you guys. Timeline. How long? Two, 24 months. Two years. Yeah. And I sat in South Melbourne. So this is why I work with corporates and not fucking just bodybuilders. <laughs> because I, I choose, you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. And I choose to surround myself with people that have like-minded visions as myself. Mm -hmm. Now, these people love success. They love visions and they have a photographic memory. They can take a picture of something with their eyes and remember it forever. And I can do that as well. And when I associate with these people, I become more like these people. And the people that I work with, property developers, I'm talking some of the people I work with, Joe, are worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And these people, the way they think, the way they talk, they're a different breed and I love it. I sat in a table a little bit bigger than this in South Melbourne with a bunch of multi, multi-millionaires and I just sat at the table and I just talked. And every single one of those people said to me, I will invest into your facility because I sold it. Mm. I know it will work. When you know, you know. I think that uh, one thing that, that I really want the, the listeners and the viewers to take away from everything that you just said was the clarity of your vision, right? If you ask most people, like I asked you, I said, what's your vision, right? If you ask most people what their vision is, what their goals are, so on and so forth, they'll give you some kind of- Cliche fucking- Well, bullshit. not necessarily cliche. They'll have some kind of idea, you know, especially if they're driven and motivated and, and, and kind of goal-driven. But it's, it's still kind of very vague, mm. you know, it's very broad. There's no real clarity around it. You know, like you asked me the other day what, what my goals are with retail stores. I told you exactly how many I wanted to have, how many I was going to open per year for the next five years. 2016, right? Joe had three stores. Yeah. <laughs> three stores. 2019, we have over 10. Yeah. In three years, 36 yeah. months. Yeah. And they're all privately owned. That's right. By Joe. Correct. Man, yeah. that's amazing. But I the, love the, it. The clarity of, of the vision is what I want the listeners and the viewers. That's what you guys should be able to do when, when you're thinking about your goals. You know, I have, a, I have a list of goals in my phone, right? Same. And I look at them every day and I know exactly what they are. I know exactly where I'm going to be in five years with clarity, with, with detail and, and vividness. Like it's like it's literally an illustration, and I'm like consuming an mm, illustration. You can feel it, hundred percent. You can feel, feel it. it man. You can feel it. And so many people, you know, they have these goals and they have these dreams and these visions and so on and so forth, but they don't actually know what it feels like, you know, because there's no clarity around. It's mm. too vague. It's too, it's too fluffy, mm. for lack of a better term. Love so it. you guys listening, you know take this from, from, from Nathan and what he's just told you, you should be able to get that sort of vivid feeling around what it is that you're mm. trying to achieve yeah. around where you want to be. At least, you know, you, you said two years, months, five years. I like to think, you know, two, three, four, five years, if you can kind of see mm. and feel what that looks like to you in all parts of your life as well, right? Not just business. You might do it for family. You mm. might do it for private life, whatever, so on and so forth. But in all your different goals that you're trying to achieve, mm. be so clear with them, have so much clarity, be so vivid when you describe them that you actually know what it feels like You know what? to achieve. And it's not you should, you have to. Yeah. Because every single person on this earth was born the same way as yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Steve Jobs, Einstein, Joe Mensel. Like I put you in there. Thank you. Like, <laughs> That's it, some heavy company right yeah. there, man. Fuck. Everybody was born the same way and every single person has a dream. Yeah. Does not matter what your dream is. If you want to do it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And you honestly, genuinely can do it. 
please tell me. But you have to me. know what it is. Exactly. This is the thing, Nate. Exactly. So many people don't know what it is. What do you want to do? How do you want to be successful? Oh, I want to make a lot of money. Or I want to have a big family. Mm. Or I want to do this or that or whatever. Well, fucking what does it actually look like? How mm. much money do you want to make? Mm. How many children do you want to have? Mm. You know, however you define success, be specific, be clear. Know exactly what it looks like. Know what it feels like and know how long it's going to take you to get there. Yeah. And then put a plan in place. And how do we do that? This is why I tell a lot of people, actually. Yeah. I've told people this for probably the last 10 years. Yeah. You need to look at yourself in your most raw form, mm. right? This is what everybody needs to do. They need to get a pen and paper, mm-hmm. need to go home mm-hmm. by themselves, mm-hmm. take all of their clothes off and stand completely naked and look in the mirror and look at themselves. Don't just look at what you can see physically. Look into your soul, look into your mind and look into every part of your life and just take 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, just you time. Shut the door, no music, just you and your thoughts and that is it. Get a pen and paper and write down what, and first of all, you need to write down because a lot of the time 21st century people are so focused, this has gone back to the whole positive, negative thing. They're so focused on what's bad, they forget what's good. Mm. So the first thing you do is write down what in your life are you not happy with? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that because I'm a positive thinker all of the time. Most people, right, are not. Some people are, some people are not. Write down what you're not happy with. I'm not happy with this, this, relationship, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now what we need to do with those not happies, we need to work out how can we fix them. Mm-hmm. So once you, the first one is A, B, C, and D, is A. We need to work out how can we fix that problem. Mm-hmm. And then it's as simple as just doing what you need to do. Mm. Go down the list. Then you need to write down what do you want to achieve? Mm-hmm. And it's really this simple. Like the whole envision plan execute thing is really that fucking simple. Your vision is I want to I want to make a million dollars a year, right? How do you make a million dollars a year? Okay, to make $1 million a year, right, you need to make $20,000 in a week. Mm-hmm. To make $20,000 in a week, you need to make X amount of dollars in a day. You need to make X amount of dollars per hour. You just set some goals for yourself. Yeah. Okay, if you're, if you're a receptionist, you're making $400 a week, okay. You can't be, you can't be telling yourself that you're gonna make a million dollars a year in the first it's year. Realistic, yeah. You gotta be realistic yeah. with your yeah. goals too, yeah. right? But it's as simple as looking yourself in the mirror and going, I am not happy with this. I'm not gonna do it anymore. I'm not, I'm done. Mm. Don't go from zero to 100. Slowly you start chipping away at that list. Fix that, mm-hmm. fix that, fix that. And then slowly start working towards your goal. And it's as simple as the vision, the plan, and then just doing the work and never losing faith in yourself. If you believe you can do it, man, you can do it. Just do it. That, man, it's so good. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. Drop some, drop some, uh, drop some, some wisdom yeah, on, the, sure uh, on, on, on the listeners and the, and the viewers. I think, uh, you know, the, the talk about, I mean, just your story first and mm-hmm. foremost is, is incredibly inspirational, Thank you know, you. coming from, you know, nothing, you know, country, country family to you, what you've achieved already at such a young age as well. You know, imagine five years, 10 years, yeah, man, 15 and, years, and 20 years, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> just that, you know, the, the talk about the success capacity and the amount of capacity you have for different levels of success is directly related to the amount of discomfort you're mm, willing to endure. 100%. So you should wel- you should welcome discomfort. You should welcome the pain. Yeah, I love it, man. It's good, man. It increases your success capacity. And, and then just yeah. like the, the clarity of your vision, I think even just talking about that, you know, getting a pen and paper out and writing down what you're not happy with and then actually having an, having a, a, an executable action plan, you know, the, the clarity of, of which you are able to, um, articulate things what's more simple is that like you, you can't get any easier and it is very simple yeah 100 percent. but it all comes back to clarity i think you've uh you know you've given the the listeners and the viewers a bunch of things to think about someone man. like you and you you joe i know i'm like this yeah what do i need along? i'm happy to put myself out to help others i really honestly genuinely am mm. what do i need in return mm. i don't need money in return I don't need physical attributes. You know what I need? Mm. I just need appreciation. That's all I want. Yeah. 
And this is what a lot of people don't do. You give someone an inch and they take a whole fucking mile and it's fucked. <laughs> I would, I am so happy to help people. Yeah. You know, I am honestly genuinely from the bottom of my heart as motivated as hell to take person A, B, C, to, to Z, take as many people as I can mm. at the goodness of my heart to help them achieve a dream. Mm. And I, you know what I want in return? Just say thank you. I appreciate everything. My life changed because you helped me. That's all I want. A thank you. Yeah. And people don't know how to say thank you. <laughs> Man, tell the uh, tell the listeners, tell the viewers where they can find you. Where's the best place to find you? Um, all right. So the best place to find myself, um, Instagram, uh, Nathan James Williamson, Nathan underscore TFM underscore IFBB Pro. I'm sure Joe will put a link right here in this video for on you. the video format yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the listeners are just gonna have to remember that shit yeah. <laughs> and yeah like we have a big vision we have a big plan and there's, it's you know it's really exciting because it's gonna i know it's gonna change a lot of lives and i know that with the right people by my side and me by their side with similar views we are gonna achieve together something fucking phenomenal eddie ung joseph mensel myself and a few others this is an unstoppable force five years time the whole entire fitness industry worldwide will change i promise you that for the better i hope so can't wait to see it i'm sure the viewers and listeners can't wait to see it either yeah man it's happening man. one of the things that we've been uh that we that we always ask uh from the listeners and the viewers of the massive joe show podcast nath is that if they've taken value from this episode which i know they definitely have from this one for sure is to take a screenshot of uh, whatever podcasting platform they're listening on or, or YouTube if they're watching the, the video format. Take a screenshot of it, post it in Instagram stories, tag myself, Joseph Mansell, tag Nathan, of course, Nathan underscore TFM underscore IFBB Pro, tag at Massive Joes, of course, and spread the message, man, spread mm -hmm. the love. If you've taken value from this, Tell people about it. Tell people about it in Instagram stories. Tell people about it in person as well. I think sometimes we forget to like talk to people in person. Tell it's a friend, messaging. tell a family member. Say, man, I listened to these guys talking on the Massive Joe show. It was epic. You should listen as well. That would mean the world to us, man. Because we're just, like you said, you know, one of the big things for you is appreciation. This podcast is 100% free. We're giving up our time. We're putting it out. We're producing it. So if you guys have taken value, the only thing that we ask in return is that you spread the message, man. Mm. Spread the word. Ask a question. You guys can just hit message and you can message me on Instagram. I'm more than happy to help answer any question you guys have. Absolutely. If well, now I, they've got your Instagram handle, so you're fucked. Yeah, man. <laughs> if, you're going to get all the DM slides now. If, if I don't get back to you guys because I'm in the middle of something like right now, yeah. just send a question mark because I will get back to you. Absolutely. No, thanks for your time, man. Thank you, Joe. We appreciate having you on the Massive Joe Show podcast. It's a pleasure. Until next time, we're coming to you from MassiveJoes.com. Stay massive. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Massive Joe Show. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it be SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, Stitcher, or TuneIn. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Massive Joe Show, ensure that you give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting platform. Until next time, we're coming to you from massivejoes.com. Stay massive.